Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Welcome back to Socialette. Today, I'm interviewing one of our very own Socialette listeners. Now, this is a kind of a cool story. So today's guest, Courtney Condi, she sent me an Instagram DM roughly about a year ago. And in that DM, she told me how she had been working with her partner to start a business and that it had been an incredibly toxic relationship and he'd criticized her and put her down. And that thanks to the Socialette podcast, she had been able to find the courage to restart her business and come up with an entirely new concept for it. Now, I recently sent this DM out to my email list and she replied and was like, oh my gosh, that's me. And she told me that she has now grown her business, grown a team, and is so much further along than she ever thought she would be right now. So I said to her, I said, well, let's do a case study. I think this is a pretty cool case study we've got here. And that's how today's interview was born. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to today's podcast guest, Courtney Condi. Hey, Courtney, welcome to Socialette. Hi. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's so crazy to be talking to you since I listen to your podcast all the time. I'm so excited for this episode because this is one of the first, oh, this is maybe the second episode where we've had a listener come on and share their story. And I know your story is super inspirational. So I can't like, I can't wait to dive into that and how you got to where you are today. But okay, so right now in your business, you're the founder of Occupation Wild. Would you like to tell our listeners what Occupation Wild is about? Yeah, definitely. So Occupation Wild is a job board for the outdoor adventure in travel industry. Um, I founded it because I worked super corporate and then actually transitioned out of that in the past few years, had been working as an adventure travel guide and realized, you know, I got paid to travel the world. It was great. And so many people reached out being like, how are you doing what you're doing? Like, how are you traveling so much? And realized there wasn't really any type of platform in our industry for people to find, you know, cool and exciting jobs if they wanted to work outdoors. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, like I remember a couple of years ago, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll do a winter season working on a mountain skiing because I love skiing. And I didn't even know like where to start. So given that there are so many free job boards out there these days, how did you monetize Occupation Wild? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. And that's actually, I think, a question I get asked a lot. Um, I think it was one was just really, really believing in the concept and, you know, knowing that I could charge because I was going to be providing like a really good service. And there are job boards out there right now that kind of do what we do that do it totally for free. But 
don't have the reach or scope or audience that we have. And I think a big thing that I started with doing is just being really authentic and building an audience and really promising them that we are going to be delivering the best jobs, the hottest jobs and jobs with really reputable companies to them and building an audience, building an email list. And then when you talk to companies and you're pitching them or trying to hire, um, build, bring them on as clients, just really going back to that being like, yeah, you can go to a free job board, but we already have this audience that are so passionate. We get emails daily of people using the site and how much they really connect with um, us. It's me and my VP, Nick Watts. And I think a lot of it was just coming from the audience and really staying true to the concept and believing what we were doing. Um, Cause I think it is really easy to get discouraged and be like, well, I'm going to compete on price or do it for free. But I, I think actually you're the one who said this, obviously <laughs> social life podcast a lot. It's like a race to the bottom if you're just only trying to compete on price. Oh, exactly. Definitely. So do you charge both the employer and the person who's looking for a job? No. So it's just the employer. Um, occupation model is always free for the user. So anyone can jump on the site and see who's hiring. Um, we do have, if people are interested, like if people are a very serious job seeker, we have lifetime memberships where wow. it's only for $20 for lifetime membership. But with that, you get jobs sent to you early and you get, you can always email um, the team and we'll give you resume, cover letter and interview advice if that's something people are looking for. But just for everybody else, anyone can go on and use the site for free. I love that. That's such a cool concept. That's such a great idea. Oh, thank you. So like myself and so many of the Socialette listeners, you're a corporate dropout as well. So what inspired you to leave the corporate world behind and start your business? Oh, yeah. Um, I think this is such a funny story. So when I was in college, I went to um, college in the U.S., a school called Bucknell, and that school is very, very like engineering and finance driven. And I didn't really know what I was going to do because you go to college so young. But um, everybody just kind of was like on that corporate grind. And I remember telling myself, like, I'm going to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30. And I'm 28 (laughs) right now, just for people listening. And kind of just jumped to the corporate thing and was so uninspired and so disillusioned. But I didn't really see any other like way out. I was just like, I have to do this because this is what Mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. And actually, when I, um, in 2015, I was 24, and I thought I was actually going to be buying tickets to Coachella, the big music festival here in California. And that day, when I was, like, on the computer trying to get in, like, virtual line to buy them, a really good friend of mine called and asked what I was doing um, in April. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Coachella. And she's like, no, let's don't go to Coachella. Let's go to Nepal. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. She had found this like discount for an Everest base camp track. And um, I hadn't done that much traveling yet. I had like studied abroad in college, but I thought it was sounded so fun. So I go to Nepal with her. And it's such a long story. But I'll try to abbreviate it. Basically, when Oh, no, we- take your time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we like go to Nepal. It's so fun. We're trekking in the Himalayas. And, you know, you're supposed to go up to Everest base camp and... On April 25th, one or two days away from base camp, we end up being in the really big earthquake that happened in Nepal in 2015. Yeah, and it was super crazy. And 
um, this was also a trip where like I had to take off like three weeks from work and that was huge. Like I never really had done something like that. And actually because of this earthquake, somebody in our trekking group ended up passing away and yeah, it was super sad. And I remember his story really affected me because he was a man that was in his mid to late forties and, you know, you're hiking all day with the same people. So you get to talking to them. And he was telling me that, um, he'd actually spent his whole life working and he never had time to start a family and he never had time to travel. But like this past year, he had just made that decision that he wanted to start traveling and he'd actually gone to Disneyland totally alone. Cause he's like, I'd never been cause I never had kids and never got married. And it had been his dream to go on this trek. And I remember seeing a lot of myself or like my future self in this man who passed away because I too was like, Oh, well, I'm just going to work and work and I'll have time for all the stuff I want to do later. And, you know, coming back to the U S afterwards, you know, it was like a huge ordeal and, just not feeling right in like my corporate job and really kind of feeling like in my heart and my soul that there is something else I could do and there are other passions that I could explore and just kind of being able to take that leap and not being scared anymore to be like, I'm not sure really what's out there, but I really want to go find that. And through that, um, just kind of by chance ended up finding, um, adventure travel guiding and that's kind of ended up being what I've been doing for the past few years before starting Occupation Wild. I love that. Wow that is oh my goodness that story. I actually have tears in my eyes. (laughs) I know it's a really like heavy story and um, (sighs) for a while I didn't like talking about it but just because I felt like you know very weird but I think it's like an important story to tell because I think a lot of us do get caught in that trap of like there's always time later or Mm. you know my dreams aren't important and I think they really are and so like I think we have to do the stuff we want to do now yeah that really resonates with me because I was brought up in a very similar mindset where it's you go to school you go to university you get a job. And then if you want to travel, maybe your job will send you overseas. Your corporate job will send you to another country and you can (laughs) travel while you're in that other country on your like four weeks of annual leave, which like we're pretty, we're lucky. We get four weeks in this country, but I think in the US you get half of that, don't you? Like sometimes not even actually, um, I, until I left for, um, working adventure travel guiding, the most, uh, paid time off I ever got with a company was five days for a whole year which is crazy because that's taken up by like going to see your family for Christmas or Thanksgiving and so then you're like I don't wow. even have time to go take a, like a Saturday like one Monday off to have a long weekend oh my gosh <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't even imagine that yeah wow okay so when you launched Occupation Wild was that as a side hustle or as a full-time gig so I think originally I really wasn't sure about what I wanted to do with it because like I think it's really like you know it's really scary mm. and I was like oh I really didn't know what to do and I kind of was like well I think like a lot of people and I think especially for women like at first I like lacked that confidence and I would just be like oh I'll just see if it works and you know 
I'll just really you'll see what happens. But but um, I ended up launching it and kind of when I was launching it, it was like, you know what? I need to do this full time because I knew if I was doing it as a side hustle, I'd always find excuses for like not making it work. And I was like, if I really am going to have this one chance to do it, I have to do it full time. Um, so I actually kind of stopped doing all my other jobs and it from kind of the beginning has been like my full-time gig for the past year. Wow. What a good way to motivate yourself to really make it happen. It's like, it's almost like it's make or break, isn't it? When you take that leap into yeah. it full-time. Oh yeah. It was definitely really make or break. Cause I think when I like finally launched, I only had $3,000. So I was like, <gasps> all right, like I really have to make this work. And I don't like know if that's necessarily like good advice. It just ended up being what worked <laughs> for me. Like I was like, cause you know, like I don't have a family. I don't have anyone to support other than myself. I was just like, all right, I, this is like my time really is now for this. Yeah. So when you launched Occupation Wild, did you plan for the launch? Like, did you plan for a very big launch or did you just put it out there and hope that people would come across it? Well, actually, so um, as you know, kind of the background, I had totally binge listened to Socialite podcast. So I actually, <laughs> for two months before the launch, as I was building the site and stuff, I started um, building an email list, um, running, like I didn't have a big budget at all, but running Facebook and Instagram ads and um, started building this email list slowly but surely. Definitely didn't have like as many people as we do now. Um, we only had like I think like seven companies on the site. Um, but yeah, so I had an email list um, when I launched, you know, sent out the email and definitely wasn't like a lot of people on the site, but I think the first day we had like 200 people come on it, which was really cool. And at the time I was like, wow, this is so crazy. Um, just because, yeah, I definitely really tried to put you know, myself out there with that. And prior to launching had been building this list and also this, the social media and trying to get like small hype about it. Um, especially cause I had like a small budget daily budget to start with like marketing and advertising. I love that you prioritize though, and that you spent your small budget on Facebook and Instagram ads because like that's so, so many people think, Oh, I've got a small budget. I'll spend money on ads when I can afford to spend money on ads. But the thing is, until you spend money on ads, you're going to find that it's really slow growth. So I love that you prioritized that you actually did that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's so funny. That's the thing I find too, that so many people are like, well, when I see more growth, then I'll jump into ads. And I'm always like, that sounds so backwards. You got to like, yeah. you got to build that first. I love that mindset. That's so good. So, okay. So a year ago, you sent me a very touching DM that may or may not have made me cry and I never (laughs) cry. So you did very well. Um, And I'll I'll dive into this one a little bit soon. Uh, I'll dive into it soon. But when you first came across Socialette, where were you in your business? Okay. So this is so funny too. So I... um, Basically, there was nothing more than just an idea. And um, in the DM, I know I wrote you all about, you know, I'd gone through this really bad breakup. And I was actually in, I was in between guiding in China last summer. And I'd gone through this breakup literally two weeks or three weeks before and was like, I need to get out of here. So I booked Mm -hmm. a flight because I had 
two or a few weeks off between leading these trips to Changu, Bali. And I had ended up in this co-working tech house, which is really cool. But every single person had um, companies except for me. And I remember I just had like this idea and I was asking all these questions and people are kind of like, oh, like, I don't really know. Um, Because I was just like the girl who was asking everybody for free advice. And (laughs) my last night there, this girl, Laura, who's amazing. She's a yoga teacher now in Abud. um, She came on and she does a lot of marketing stuff. And I was telling her, you know, like, I don't even know what to do. Um, I only listen to like the Tim Ferriss podcast and he's great, but he has people on that are like, when you start put away $30,000 for marketing for your first year. And I was like, I only, I don't have that much money. Um, I felt very lost. And she was like, you should listen to this podcast called the social at podcast. Um, she was like, like, and I remember she, um, hadn't had her scooter yet. So I was driving her around Chengu. She was on the back of my scooter. She's like, it'd be super helpful for you. The, she's like, it's geared towards women. It's just really easy and digestible episodes. Um, cause I was so overwhelmed. Like I'd never, you know, ran Facebook ads or done a marketing budget. And so I was really just at the really beginning stages of that. Like I didn't really even have a name for Occupation Wild. I just more had the idea of what I wanted to do. Wow. I can't believe that you found out about my podcast in Bali. That's so random. I know so random from just um yeah, a girl that had like she was like moving in that night and it was my last night there and I had like one day left. Or it was like my second to last night and she was like, Yeah, just check it out and I was like, Thank you. You're like my guardian angel because I would be so lost. Oh, okay. So you mentioned in the DM that you'd been in a bit of a toxic relationship where your boyfriend had wanted to go in on your business idea with you. Would you mind sharing with the listeners a little bit about what happened? Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, it's always like one of those things like in relationships, like I'd been in a relationship with somebody who I was really in love with and had had, you know, this business idea, And I felt, like, very passionate about it. And, you know, like, I don't think he had that passion for it. But being in this partnership, Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, well, let's do it together. And, you know, I was like, okay. I felt like a weird place of that because you're like, oh, do I decide between this business that I really want to launch or the person I really love at the moment? And I kind of always was going back and forth with that. It was really hard. And, um when we did also did like even before that he was very negative um about you know about me starting the business and there's a lot of like negative talk in that relationship about me not being able to do it or not being smart enough or not being capable enough to you know start a business or start a podcast or something like that um and so I was feeling like pretty low and when we did break up um he ended up trying to take like the more like business idea from me (gasps) Yeah, so <laughs> it's so funny to talk about this a year later because now I'm like, oh, I almost forget about that. But um, it was really heartbreaking and it also kind of made me realize that I, this is something I was really passionate about because I was like, you're not taking this from me. Like this is, I feel like my heart and soul and I really feel like I can, you know, bring this idea and make it successful. Um, so I, when I remember writing you that DM, like I had been in a relationship 
where somebody constantly told me I couldn't do what I'm doing now. And then also then tried to um, be very manipulative and like take that idea. Um, yeah. So it's like definitely pretty heavy, but um, something I'm really grateful to like almost have gone through that experience because it showed me like how strong I really am and how much like I really believe in this vision and how passionate I am about um, Occupation Wild. Yeah. Wow. So how did you turn it all around from there? I think um, kind of what happened was prior to us breaking up like there was like an original name potentially of the business and um, a domain had been bought for um, that name and ended up just like consulting with a lawyer and they were just like just give that over and start like you can you know start again so gave that person being like, Hey, you can take the name in the domain. Like I don't want it. And just severed ties with that. And actually it was funny. Um, like I handed all that over and through all of that, like back and forth and stuff, he ended up just literally releasing the domain. I think like 24 hours after that, after like (sighs) months, months of back and forth of that. And which I was like, totally eye rolled about, but it gave me a lot of clarity and just gave me a lot of confidence to move forward and ended up coming up with the name Occupation Wild, designing the logo and just being like, all right, I've gone through all of this. Like I can't let it go to waste and I'm really going to like start and, um, you know, just really started like educating myself, like listening to a lot of podcasts, listening to a lot of, um, started reading a lot of business books and just becoming really confident in, myself and learn in like feeling really confident in myself as like a business woman and being like, you know, I, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to learn and I'm really w- willing to like problem solve and figure it out. I love that attitude because so many people go into business thinking like, oh, I already know everything. What can I learn from this book that's gonna, that I don't already know? And I think such a big part of it is accepting that, okay, no, I don't know everything and I don't know what I don't know. So who knows what I'm going to learn from this podcast episode or this book or this online course or whatever. Like you need to, yeah, you need to have that mindset. And I love that you went into it with that. Oh, totally. I think that's so important. I think, um, yeah, and I do get that. Like you see that a lot with people who are like, I already know that. And I'm like, you probably like, there's always more things to learn. And even if like you might be really well versed in the subject, I think even just talking to people, you get new perspectives. And I just tried to go into everything really open minded and just being like very humble about stuff, being like, I just would love to learn and chatting with people. And yeah, I think we live in such a cool age today where you can learn so much. There's so much free information out there. So much. It's almost overwhelming, actually. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Now, it's been a year since you sent me that DM. Could you tell our listeners what you've achieved in a year? Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, we actually just celebrated Occupation Wild's one-year birthday out in Joshua Tree on October 29th. So it went from just me um, totally alone on my computer, um, just kind of like trying to figure it out. Uh, But now (laughs) we have 
uh, growing audience. I think we have, um, like on our Instagram, we have about like 4,500 followers. And right now we're getting anywhere from like 20 to 30,000 unique, um, unique visits to the site each month. We, yeah. Um, I have, um, I guess like technically a full-time employee. I call him a coworker because I always feel weird saying that. Um, our, <laughs> our VP, Nick Watts, who he's like awesome. Um, he's probably like the most, I think on the surface we seem really similar, but we're actually like the most different people or most opposite. Um, so it's been really great to have him on here. So he is with Occupation Wild full time. And we also launched, I think we're on episode 17, um, the Occupation Wild podcast which that also is something that's like really taken off a lot more than we expected. We kind of started it because we're like, Oh, we get so many questions each day about people being like, what's it like being a rafting guide? What's it like to be nomadic? And so now we bring on people that work in the industry or full-time travelers or people just really interesting nomadic stories uh, and just talking to them. So we have the site and we have a podcast and we have like such a passionate audience. They like make me cry almost every day with just like how many yeah. nice messages we get. Um, so that's been really cool. So that's been with, I guess, within one year. <sighs> wow. That's a lot in a year. That's, yeah. that's insane. I'm so impressed. Thank you so much. Oh, I owe it so much to you. I can't get over that I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Courtney, are there any things that you've implemented in the past year, like maybe a tactic or a mindset shift or strategies that you've implemented that you think have made the biggest difference to your business? Oh, definitely. I think there's a few. Um, one, we kind of touched on that is like, I think being really confident in your brand and knowing mm. that competing on price is a race to the bottom because at the beginning people um, would come back pretty negatively and be like, I'm not going to pay this. Like if you put me on for free, you know, if you post my job for free, then like we'll post with you and just kind of like standing in your own power and being like, mm, actually no. And being okay to like walk away from clients. I think that's been like, that was such a big one. And that was also advice that like a lot of people would kind of not say that for being like, well, just be grateful, just take that. And I had to be like making those decisions to be like, no, like I, you know, I know the numbers on the site and I know um, what we can offer. Like I can't let somebody on for free for a year. And that Mm -hmm. I think has been really helpful. Um, And I'm thinking, I think also a lot of it is like, no, um, really like dialing in your marketing and, you know, testing everything out and like from Google ads to Instagram to Facebook to Pinterest and really like narrowing down like who your audience is. That's something like when I've talked to other small business owners, I do feel like a lot of people neglect is people try to like make their reach so broad and you're like, you're, you don't need to target everybody, like really know who your core audience is and like speak to them. Like, you know, for a while, like we do have a Pinterest, um, but we actually don't really like run paying ads on that anymore. Cause we found that like, that wasn't actually really, you know, that's not where our audience is coming from and not being afraid though, to like test things out and be like, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, like it's okay. And yeah, um, that was definitely one. And then let's see what else. Yeah. And again, just like putting money into your marketing and putting money into ads, I think is so important. Even if it's really 
even if it's really small, like for a really long time, I was just doing $5 a day and that's all I could do, but got to build, you know, what I have now just through that $5 a day. Exactly. And it's like also looking at it as an investment and not an expense. Oh yeah, that's definitely one. Um, and, oh, and another one I think is being really authentic with your audience. Mm. I think that's something I also see people in the small business sphere where they're like, oh, I want to pretend that I'm super big and important right now. So I'm going <laughs> to, you know, like be like buying Louis Vuitton bags, which I mean, that doesn't relate to like my industry or like, <laughs> uh, just like being like, hey, like, you know, I think Nick and I on the podcast were always like, hey, we got some feedback that the audio wasn't good last week. Like, we're sorry, but you guys know it's just us. Like, we don't have this crazy big team. And I feel like people really like that authenticity of, you know, like they know who you are, they know who the brand is, and they know you're not like lying to them. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that because I remember when I started my first business, every every email was written as like we and I never put my name on anything and it was so like I was trying to make it to seem like it was this big company and then I realized actually people resonate so much more when it's just you and when you're honest and when you're open about what's going on so I love that you said that oh yeah totally that's been kind of like the funniest thing I think Nick and I we feel so grateful and we actually laugh about this all the time because we're just two people here working, but we get these really long emails or Instagram DMs of people just telling us about their life or their day or questions. And they're so like real and authentic. And it's been cool to be able to interact with people like that. And I don't think like if we had started or I'd started everything pretending we were like a big corporation, we would get that type of engagement. Yeah, for sure. Now, okay, Courtney, do you have any advice for someone who is in a similar situation to where you were, like where their relationship is holding back their business? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, This is something I feel like I've had a lot of time to reflect on in the past year because I think when I originally was going through all this, I think I blamed myself a lot and I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, maybe this is all my fault and, um, you know, I didn't really like believe in myself a lot. And I think just like one, like really like believe in you and believe in your concept because you're really the only one, like if you have this idea, you're really the only one who can like make it work. And I think that's Mm -hmm. um, just like remembering that. And then also just knowing that like the right people won't put you down and the right people are really going to believe in you. And I think that's been, a really beautiful thing for me um, this past year is like you start meeting people in friendships and relationships or just um, other business owners who really, really do believe in you. And just knowing that not everyone is like negative. If you do find yourself in a relationship that's maybe toxic or more negative is you don't really like need that toxicity or negativity in your life and just like really decide to make the leap. And if people are negative about that, then you don't really need them, <laughs> which sounds a little harsh. No, I, yeah. it's so important. And I remember seeing on probably on Instagram, like, I don't know, recently, it was a quote that was the most important career decision a woman can make is who she chooses as her partner. And I really agree with that. And I don't know, it might, a lot of people might not agree with that, but I think it's so important that you're with somebody who's supportive and who actually not just said it's not just supportive but actually challenges you and pushes you to do better rather than brings you down 
Oh, a hundred percent. That was, I think, probably one of my biggest takeaways from this is I learned a lot about business. Um, but getting out of a re- bad relationship, I learned so much about who I want a future partner to be. And I think, you know, I want somebody who would support me as much as I would support a partner. And, you know, I would never sit there and put people down. Um, unfortunately, people do do that. But you know, have somebody who supports you, your dreams and your goals. And until then, like, you know, it's totally fine to be single. (laughs) (laughs) More time to work on your business. (laughs) Awesome. Courtney, before we wrap up, I have a couple of questions that I ask every podcast guest and you probably know what they are already if you've been (laughs) listening to my other interviews. (laughs) So the first one is what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Um, I think the advice I would give to my pre-business self is stop doubting yourself and just do it. Um, I deal so much with imposter syndrome and it's something I've been working on a lot, but, you know, just do it. You know, the time is now. Yeah. Who doesn't deal with imposter syndrome? <laughs> it's not It's not fun, but yeah, it's something we all have to deal with, unfortunately. Yeah. Courtney, what has been your biggest oops moment? Ooh, my biggest oops moments. I am, hmm, this is actually a good one. I think actually they've been um, just overworking myself and not taking enough time for rest because then I'll end up sending the wrong emails or sending um, (laughs) the wrong invoices to people. Or actually it might be, yeah, I was in that same vein actually is, I would get so obsessed with when we first launched the podcast and making sure every single tiny thing sounded perfect. And just one time, you know, putting the podcast on the RSS feed and I was spending so much time taking out a guest like ums and likes and trying to make myself sound perfect and ended up that I, for some reason, had it auto saved right and totally Uh put on like a the first half was like totally unedited and I think that probably was my biggest oops moment and then having to go back and delete that and put it back up and I just was like you know if I was just more focused on listening to the general flow of it and instead of like micromanaging and making things so perfect I probably wouldn't have like made that mistake that's so funny. When I first launched Socialette, I spent so much time editing everything. I was like, oh, I can't say um, I can't say like. And you know what? Like, I don't even edit them now. I basically, the only time I'll edit it is in an interview if we end up talking over each other. That's the only time I edit. And then it's it's done. That's same. Like, yeah, that's yeah. same with me. Like, <laughs> I only edit, like, if somebody ends up writing and being like, hey, can you actually not put something in? Or, yeah, if we talk over each other, now I'm just, like, send it out into the world. (laughs) (laughs) What has been your biggest growth moment, Courtney? Ooh, I think um, my biggest growth moment, um, I think it's just been, like, finding, um, well, maybe there's, like, two. I think one has just finding uh, my footing a lot more and finding a lot more confidence in my self to really pitch stronger I think coming into this like I hated doing cold calls I hated doing pitching I hated going to conferences and I um really had to make a big mental shift and part of this too also was um with 
uh, my VP, Nick Watts, coming on and him just kind of being like, you need to be like, believe in yourself um, and your company is just really taking a stand and being able to like go to conferences and go up to people and cold call and pitch. And I feel so much more comfortable with it now. It's kind of like night or day for me. Like I used to be like a little more like shy about it and kind of be like, Oh, like if you guys want, like if you're interested and now um, really being able to like vocalize how proud and um, how proud and how much I do believe in the company I created. That's awesome. And the last one, who or what inspires you? Ooh, who or what inspires me? This is actually super, I actually never get asked this question, but um, <laughs> my whole life, I think actually this like, it's kind of weird because I don't know how much pertains to business, but um, I've always, always been inspired by Anthony Bourdain. He yeah. actually was like a big expander in my life pre-Occupation Wild, pre-Adventure Guiding. Um, I remember I would just like binge watch Parts Unknown and watch how he was living his life and being like, this is what I want to do. All I want to do is travel and hang out with my friends and go explore new things. And um, that was a big reason I got into traveling and adventure guiding. He was, and also even was starting this business now, which sounds funny. Cause like I, I have food in a cookie, a food show in an online job board. Don't necessarily see the same, but I try to always kind of keep that adventure spirit. And even though he's passed away, I think about him all the time and kind of being like, I still want to create a similar lifestyle to that where I have a lot of freedom to do and travel and um, experience everything I want to experience. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And yeah, I agree. Like that is an amazing lifestyle to aspire to. So Courtney, very last question. Where can our listeners find you and your podcast? Oh yeah, definitely. So you can, um, so the site is www.occupationwild.com and on Instagram, it's occupation underscore wild in we, um, the, the podcast is on the site or you can find us on Spotify or Apple. Um, I also realize like sometimes people want to find my personal Instagram and that's just Courtney M. Condi. But yeah, so you can find all that stuff there and always feel free to say hi. I love talking to people. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing your story because I understand like it can be quite like it's quite a difficult thing to share your own story and it's kind of scary. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you also so much for creating the Social Lit podcast because I'm pretty sure if you didn't, Occupation Wild wouldn't be here because my whole time, <laughs> like, I don't know, my whole time building it, I was like, oh, like, Steph's really my friend. Like, she's here helping me build this. <laughs> and that is the, po- the power of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Courtney. Oh, you're welcome. Have a great day.
Nigga, come on, we're trying to roll out. Nigga, I got a pack of blacks and a beat CD. Get your freestyles ready.